0: Ah, you obviously
1: know Kung Fu. I you everybody. This is Tony Darrow uh, for Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast. I'm glad to be here.
2: Welcome to the Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast. Adjust your speaker box, sit back, relax, and remember, your Kung Fu may be good, but mine is better. <laughs> Joining me tonight, actor, singer, stand-up comedian. You've seen him in classic films like Goodfellas, Bullets Over Broadway, uh, on TV, in the acclaimed Sopranos. And recently, as Al Capella, a mafia don in the Kung Fu mobster comedy made in Chinatown, Tony... Darrow. Mr. Darrow, thank you so much for joining the Kung Fu Driving Podcast tonight.
1: Call me, don't call me Mr. Darrow. I'm not a professor. Okay, you got it. You got it. <laughs> well, uh, let me start
2: off by uh, asking you how you've been coping with the uh, COVID cabin fever to date.
1: Well, I live in the country. I live uh, in northwestern New Jersey. It's a ski area, and it's, uh, I, I don't even, I'm not even affected by it. Of course, I wear my mask when I go out. And uh, I don't go into the city at all because I, I just, uh, I feel that it's very heavy duty there right now. And the other day I had to go in to see my doctor and uh, it cost me $73 for 45 minutes to park my SUV. Wow. So that really, yeah. Know, but uh, no, I'm getting along fine with it. And it's just that uh, today is kind of sad, of course, you know, it's nine eleven, and my heart goes out to all the people that died in there and. And, and uh, their wives and kids I was watching it all day It's just very, very sad And all of our first responders God bless you all So I wanted to get that in Because that's important to me
2: Absolutely, and I agree with you I'm a Jersey boy You were born in Brooklyn uh, You're living in Jersey now um, And yeah, like like you said We're recording this on nine eleven. 11 Do you remember where you were on that day 19 years ago?
1: Yes, I do very much My wife and I were just talking about that of course, you know, I was a performer for many, many years. Uh, I sang in Carnegie Hall. I sang with the New Jersey State Symphony. I had two albums out with Rula Records. I also starred in Pal Joey, the show Pal Joey. I played Joey Evans. And uh, uh, I knew exactly where I was because I used to live in the Catskill Mountains up in Monticello. And I was an avid golfer. And we were playing at a hotel called the Villa Roma Hotel with my buddies. We played every morning at 7.30. And we got to the ninth hole, which was right near the clubhouse. We were going to finish, you know, go to 10. And the owner's son come running down crying. And he said, Dad, you got to come up. He said, the the, uh, plane just hit the Twin Towers and they think it's terrorism. we went there and we saw... The second tower go down And it was I, I i almost lost all my My bodily functions It was just very scary And I'll never ever ever Forget that moment when the kid came down The hill as I was ready to putt, And that was the end of our Golf game of course and the end of The way the world was going to be You know It's terrible
2: Absolutely it absolutely changed uh, The world forever for those of us that were Um you know uh, that can remember that where we were. Uh, there's no way that we're going to forget what we
1: were doing or how we were feeling that day. And the world has changed forever now with this COVID. It'll never ever be the same again. Absolutely, it's, it just won't be. But we'll we'll lick it. We'll get by. Absolutely, we always
2: do. Absolutely, uh, the uh, the strength and the uh, the spirit of the American people will not be uh, put down for too long right so
1: just like we built the tower again and we keep going and we're fighters and screw everybody else that hates us (laughs) absolutely
2: uh listen i want to get uh uh to that uh the catskills uh time for you because uh, apparently uh before you got into the acting you were a lounge singer and a comedian is that right
1: no not a lounge singer you know i was buddy hackett you know who buddy hackett was i hope you're a young kid well, Buddy Hag was one of the funniest men in the Absolutely. world, and a stand-up comedian, and I started out as his opening act, and then I was Don Rickles' opening act, and uh, I worked mostly main rooms in Vegas and and, uh, and uh, in Atlantic City, and uh, the Catskill Mountains was uh, my training grounds. The Catskill Mountains, I don't know if you're familiar with that, but there was over 400 hotels up there, and... No, nowhere in the world could you work with a seven or eight piece orchestra on a Tuesday night to six, 700 people. It was unheard of. And we did that and we really learned our trade. And if you could perform in the Catskill Mountains and be a winner, you could work anywhere in the world because you learned your trade. It was a master's degree. And I'm very proud to say that I was part of that. And I did get my master's degree in nightclubs and performing. That's amazing. And the acting came later. Yeah. And before, again,
2: like before the acting, you were even on Johnny Carson. Is that right? I was on Johnny
1: Carson. I was on Merrick Griffin. I was on Mike Douglas. I did them all. I, I, uh, I had a hell of a career. My wife was saying, yeah, she's just telling me, I was going to talk about that after, honey. But I had my own television show in Sydney, Australia for two years. And it was an hour and a half talk show once a week. And I did it all. Hong Kong, Singapore, Tokyo, Yokohama, Bangkok, Thailand, Korea, all over South America. And uh, if you want to get back into the the acting thing, what happened was I was performing at the Claridge Hotel in the main room in Atlantic City. And uh, my friend calls me up and says, "You got to do me a favor. My son wants to do this film. He's going to the School of Visual Arts, and uh, we want you to be in the film." And I said, "Well, I'm working six nights a week, two nights, a, uh, two shows a night. I don't know when I'm going to do it. You owe me. You got to do it. We're brothers. We're best <laughs> friends. I would do it. Give me all that crap, you know." <laughs> So I said, all right, all right, all right. I'm off on Mondays. I'll fly in uh, Monday morning early. I'll work all day Monday and uh, part of Tuesday, and then I'll fly back Tuesday afternoon. Uh, So they picked me up in a Trump Trump helicopter, flew me to uh, 34th and uh, Hudson River, and uh, I I, uh, went to the hotel, and I changed, and I shot two days. I go back, and I said to my friend, uh, after two days he calls me he says you screwed up my effing film I go what do you mean I screwed it up he said well it was supposed to be a horror movie you turned it into a mob movie and now we got to give you the lead (laughs) and the name of the movie was called Street Street Trash
0: Trash,
1: cult following movie everywhere I go the college kids in those days were and still till today If I'm going to promote another film, they want to talk about street trash. So if all you people out there, if you want to know what I'm talking about, watch this movie. And uh, it was my first film. And uh, it became a a very, very big, uh, one of the biggest horror movies uh, for the college kids in those days. And I'm very proud of it. And that's what started my acting career.
2: Now, were you even... Considering acting before uh, you got that call.
1: Oh, no, not really, because, you know, I had done uh, nightclubs all my life and the uh, stage acting is wonderful. Don't get me wrong. But there's nothing like instant reward. When you sing a love song like My Way or you make people cry and then you snap your fingers, oh, the shark has pearly teeth, and everybody starts yeah. clapping along with you, and you could do that to an audience. It's like a water faucet. And the, the the instant you do that, you get a reward. They stand up or they cheer or they yell, and it's wonderful. But in acting, you've got to wait to see how – the, the dailies came out and and you know how the rushes come out and you always say these oh geez i'm getting bags under my eyes uh, i could have done it better this way uh, i delivered that line like shit i don't like this uh, uh, it's not an instant reward and actually when i watch myself i never like myself i always think i could do it better and maybe that's why i'm successful because i'm always trying hard you know yeah.
2: well what's interesting about that is your first film is this cult film street Trash. Your second film, your very second film, without even trying to get into acting, your second film...
1: How do you know all all this (laughs) shit? You study,
2: huh? I I, I, I do my research. But your very second film is directed by none other than Martin Scorsese. How does that happen to you? How does that
1: happen to you? Okay, well, I was with the William Morris Agency as a nightclub performer. And I left the William Morris Agency because of this. I went back years later. But what happened was... It's, it's such a big agency, and corporate works different than most smaller agencies. I'm on the list for Variety Act. I'm not on the list for Motion Picture Actor or Broadway Show Actor. I'm Variety. So when they call up William Morris looking for me, they look on the list. They can't find me because they called the Motion Picture Department. And they didn't even – that's how – sometimes sloppy people. I could have blown a whole career because of them. They never knew I was with the William Morris office. And I get a call from my friend said, you know, they're looking for you for this Martin Scorsese. I said, who's looking for me? He said, Martin Scorsese's office. They saw you in street trash and they want you for this film. So I call my agent, Lee Solomon, who's a variety agent. And I said, Lee, he said, I don't understand. All of a sudden I got the audition. Okay. And when I walked in, I didn't want to do this audition because I had to fly in from Atlantic city again on the Trump helicopter and I have to do two shows that night. Okay. And you know, when you're singing, your voice, like talking is harder than singing You use different parts of your vocal cords. And I go through a routine. I run on the boardwalk every morning, five miles and, I vocalize and I, I eat light. I do what I have to do. Now, all of a sudden, I got to fly into New York to audition for a stupid movie. I don't even know. I know who Martin Scorsese is. Don't get me wrong. But I don't know how important he is. Like, if you ask me who the entertainment director was at Caesars, I could tell you I know his wife's name. Anything to do with nightclubs or, uh, or hotels, I know. But I'm not into acting. So my, I said to them a... Uh, my agent. I really have to go. He yeah, hey, you have to go. to a big role. He said, "You don't want to if you get this part. It's a principal role." So I said, "Okay." So I go and I walk up there, and I'm not nervous. I'm never nervous because I'm when you do six shows, uh, two shows a night, six nights a week. You're right on. You you know, it's like a, a a star pitcher. You know exactly what you're doing when you're playing baseball, with So. I don't get nervous. So I walk in and I see this palatial office and I see this gorgeous broad behind this podium. And uh, she says, are you Tony Darrow? I said, yeah. She said, Mr. Scorsese and uh, and Ellen Lewis will be right out. That was the casting director. So Marty comes out and I call him Marty and I know he's my buddy. Of course. <laughs> Mr. Scorsese comes out <laughs> and, uh, and uh, now I start to get a little bit of butterflies because I see this... Oh, and Jennifer Gray from... Dirty yeah. Dancing is walking out. She was auditioning for, not Dirty, yeah, Dirty Dancing. Mm-hmm. She was auditioning for uh, Lorraine Bracco's role. Oh, right. Of course, she didn't get it. Yeah. But uh, at that time, she might have gotten it if they had cast a younger person. So I look at uh, Jennifer Grey and I go, wow, that's that kid from uh, Dirty Dancing as well. Wow. That's, that's hot stuff. Now I start to get a little bit of butterflies, and of course Scorsese walks out with Ellen Lewis, and she says Tony Darrow suggests She says this is Martin Scorsese. Now I get a little nervous, so when I get nervous, I do shtick. Sure, that's me. I do jokes. <laughs> I kid because I'm a ball breaker. <laughs> so he sticks out his hand, and I am I allowed to curse on Absolutely. this? Absolutely. Absolutely. So he sticks out his hand. And I, uh, instead of me grabbing his hand, I slap and I go, don't give me your fucking hand. If I don't get this part, you and the brother going out the window. You know where the hell I had to come from for this shit? I had to fly all the way in from Atlantic City. And he stares at me. And my whole life went in front of me. I said, you moron. And this only happened like in 10, 15 seconds of him staring for five seconds. I don't know. But I blacked out almost. I went, oh, shit, this is not nightclubs." You know, it's not nightclubs, you moron. You know, who the hell are you talking to like that? You know? And all of a sudden he goes, Jesus Christ, this is what I'm looking for. <laughs> he said, everybody comes in here all cotton mouth. They can't talk. And he said, you're, you're a natural. He says, you know, come on inside. So we go inside. He don't sit behind his desk. He sits next to me. And he slaps me on the leg. And he goes, so how many other films have you done? I go, other films? It's <laughs> like I, said, I, said, I did one film, Street Trash. He said, that's it? I said, yeah. He said, well, you got the part. You're going to play Sonny Bamboo. At that time, it was Sonny Bamboo because it was the Bamboo Lounge. Then they changed it because Sonny Bamboo didn't like the, the the phrase Bamboo. So Marty made it Sonny Buns. And actually, the name of the movie wasn't going to be Goodfellas. It was going to be Wise Guys. But there was a TV series at that time called Wise Guys. So the TV series says you're going to have a lawsuit if you do it. So we changed it to Goodfellas, which was the greatest thing that could ever happen. Because that's a real sweet phrase. When a wise guy is a good fella, that means he's connected, yeah, you know. Right, right. So anyway, I got the role. Now, listen to this. I'm going on stage on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. All of a sudden, I see Robert De Niro cast for this, Joe Pesci <laughs> cast for this. Uh... uh Paul Sovino cast for this. This one for that. And I call up my agent. I go, I don't want, I want, I don't want to do the movie. What? He goes, what do you mean? I says, where's my name? He says, you moron. This is your second film. He says, you're not a, a motion picture actor. You're a, you're a nightclub performer. It's not the billing in this. It's a whole different world. You're going to do this role. You know, you got a principal role in this film. So I said, okay, I'll do it, <laughs> you know. And that started my whole career. I really did. That's amazing. And still to today. I uh, thank Mr. Scorsese very much for that. And another guy I thank is Woody Allen. I did six Woody Allen movies in a row.
2: Yeah. Again, another legendary name for someone who didn't even want to get into acting.
1: And also, Harold Ramis was very good to me from Analyzed. Yes. You know, he loved me. So, I've had a pretty, I've, I've done all the 50 films, 52 or 50. I don't know exactly how many, but it's, I think it's around 50 or more. And, uh, I'm very fortunate. I, I, uh, I like what I do and I like to help people and I'm kind to people. I'm not a sucker, but I'm nice to people. You know, as long as they're nice to me, I'll help and I'll do whatever I can. Like De Niro helped me my fr- on my second film. You know, Tony, sit this way because you are out of camera. Don't use too much of your hands because it's not nightclubs. You got to stay within the frame. And he taught me a lot of stuff, you know. And Pesci was very good to me. Well, Pesci and I grew up together. We knew each other uh, in nightclubs because he sang and played guitar, so we knew each other for a long time. That's
2: incredible. And at any point uh, in those that first two, three films or so, did you ever stop and say, "What the hell am I doing here"?
1: Well, because I said, to, you know, like, I didn't have to vocalize anymore. I didn't have to run on the boardwalk anymore. I, uh, I didn't have to watch what I eat. I couldn't have a drink before a show because uh, I never drank before a show. And you can't overeat because you start singing feelings nothing more, and you start burping. So you can't eat a lot, you know. So it was, it was very relaxing. And when you do a film, you study your lines But you don't lock in on it because it could change when you get to the set. And you don't really try to really, really know your lines as well as you should or you want to because it could be changed. But if you know your lines and you say the wrong thing. If I say, uh, for example, a writer would write... uh, Oh, sir, I'm so overwhelmed to meet you. I'm I'm such an honor to be in your presence. I don't fucking talk like that. (laughs) Right, right. You know, so I would say the same thing. Hey, my man, how you doing? I'm so glad to meet you. You know, I heard a lot about you. I finally got to meet you. I said the same thing, but I said it in my words. And that's the way Scorsese works, and that's the way Woody Allen works, and Harold Ramis. They let you go. You stay within the context of the scene, but you could do your thing. Yeah that's why they hired you to be yourself but to do the script but to do it the way you interpret it not the way the writer wrote it because some writers don't know streets like I do I mean I can't do Shakespeare but I played doctors I played lawyers I've done a lot of stuff but uh if you could be yourself it's much easier yeah. and
2: with your background in live performances I'm sure that improv right on the spot wasn't a big
1: deal for you ever Well, that's the whole thing. Uh, That's what I do best, ad lib, because I've been an ad lib all my life, and uh, on camera I do that a lot too. I can let's talk about the film that I star in, *Street Trash*, *Street Trash*, made in Chinatown. Yeah, you know. And uh, Vinny Pistori and I did a lot of ad libbing in that. And we helped other people do the ad libbing And it shows in the film. And the film is terrific. I mean, it's there's no cursing. It's a mob, martial art, love story, comedy. And there's no cursing and there's no killing in it. It's just funny, and it, it's cute, and it's a little sad, too, because the kid falls in love. He doesn't know where he's going with this love thing, and if it's going to be the Italian girl or it's going to be his Chinese girlfriend. know, It's a great story, and uh, I can't wait for it to come out. So I'm excited about Street Trash. I said, I said Street Trash again, made in Chinatown. I keep saying Street Trash because that was my first film, and I want to thank... Mark Wiley, who wrote it, and and did a lot of work on it. Kid worked very hard on it, and uh, I hope it's successful for all of Absolutely. us. Absolutely.
2: Now, what do you think it was about that script that appealed to you right away?
1: The fact that uh, uh, it was a different twist on it, and the lines are great. I mean, here's a kid that's on the on the south side of Chinatown, you know, on of Canal Street. He's Chinese, and he of course he looks Chinese. <laughs> and here I am. I'm on the north side of. Canal, and then I'm supposedly a mob boss. My name is uh, uh, Al Capella. Al Capella. <laughs> I was going to say Tony Bando. Uh, Al Capella. And and the kids, the kids uh, that uh, are around me, you know. Of course, I'm the boss, so I'm always upstairs in the office and outside playing cards in the dirt And and the, the Chinese kid watches them from across the street, and he does their gestures like hey. <laughs> mm. Oh, I break your face. Uh, and, and, and he forget about it. He's always saying, forget about it. And he's trying so hard to be like us. And that's what the story's about. He wants to be a mom, guy right? Instead of being a nice grown up Chinese kid that goes into his father's business. And that's the whole story. It's very funny. <laughs>
2: it is very funny. Uh, and there there is a, a nice touch of... Uh, of a love story there uh, and you guys really did a great job with the characters Um, and like you said the lines were were really well done one of the things I liked about uh, you and your character was that uh, anytime you delivered a line it seemed like uh, you wanted to you had this look on your face like you were waiting for something to happen and if it didn't happen you were going to punch somebody in the face that's what it looked like
1: (laughs) well I tried to interpret it as I, 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 what I liked about the film too is everything wasn't fuck, suck, fuck, and break your face. Or, you know, cocksucker. This, it, it, the thing was uh, a nice. It was clean. It was you don't have to curse in order to be a winner, <laughs> and that's what I liked about it. You know, and uh, you know, there's a line in there when the, the the boss of the Chinese guys is sitting behind his desk, and uh, what's his name walks. Oh, greedy to talk to him. And they're talking Chinese and they call him Dracula (laughs) in Chinese. I wrote that line. Oh, did you? That's awesome. We were looking to, you know, what can we say about him? Mark kept saying, what should we say? And I said, Fucking guy looks like Dracula. That's cool. And i got a big laugh in the film. And I was proud of that because, you know, it's the only line I wrote, but I got, I got, the, I got to say it, you know? Great.
2: Uh, the uh, the interaction between you and Vinny Pastore, too, was uh, looked like you guys were just having fun. Uh, how long have you guys known each other?
1: we know each other for a long time. And he was, his first film or his second film was in Goodfellas, when, when he's wheeling the carts of, of fur coats and. Uh, and I'm standing by the door, and Ray Liotta walks in. But uh, Vinny and I uh, have a a love thing going. He's a good kid, and he's a, a fine actor, and we're very good friends. And there's no uh, ego thing with him or I, and we get along great. Good, good. you know. And I wish him the best. Yeah.
2: <laughs> um, one one thing about uh, the roles uh, you've played a lot of of uh, street tough. Mob mafia types. Do you ever get tired of playing that role? Do you ever want to stretch out?
1: Yeah, you know I played priests. I have played uh, a lot of other things, uh, lawyers and stuff. But listen, somebody's got to do it, and I hope it's me because I want to feed my family. Absolutely. So I'm, I really don't care. Yeah, you know, and uh, I know I do it well. And I grew up in the streets, and I knew a lot of those guys. So I I uh, feel, you know, you can't get a guy from. Uh, uh, Indiana or or Ohio that never was in the streets to talk like us because you could tell uh, right away that it's not natural. It's not real. Just like I can't do Shakespeare. You know, so and I'm a studied actor. I I studied at uh, Herbert Bergdorf Studios under a lady called Uta Hagen who was Jose Ferrer's uh, ex-wife. So I'm a you know, sometimes I get annoyed with guys. I want to be an actor. What, what qualifies you to say you want to be an actor? When that light goes on and and they and you have to do your lines, you better know what you're doing because there's a lot of people out there that'll eat you up alive. So my only advice is to people, study, not just because you think you're pretty or because you think you could act. You better know how to act and do it. Yeah.
2: Uh, let's go back a little bit to uh the uh the singing and the, the the nightclub days because uh when you were doing that stuff it was the uh the 70s and the uh late 70s, early 80s, right? Around that time. Um it was a different
1: world back then. What the Catskill Mountains? Yeah. yeah, was it a whole different world? The Catskill Mountains was they called it the Borsch Belt. It was ninety eight percent, ninety nine percent Jewish. Okay. <laughs> and you I used to do uh well this land is mine. God gave this land to me. I said, Havenu Sholom Malechen. Havenu Sholom Malechen. Those were the songs. Hava uh, Nagila. Hava Nagila. And you had an old Jewish shtick, this yeah, And I knew all of that. I learned it. And uh, I was very proud to be part of the Catskill Mountains. that saved my life. Because I think that if I had stayed in the neighborhood, I probably would have been dead or in jail. Because most of my friends, that's where they wound up. But the Catskill Mountains saved my life. I saw that there was a different culture, and I saw that there was a different world out there, and it gave me heart. And I realized that, you know, this is not what I want to do. I don't want to be like, those guys back in the neighborhood i love them all and i wish them the best but i wanted to do something else with my life and thank god that i had that street background
2: yeah i want to touch on that too because uh i read somewhere that uh you were talking about uh your friends from the neighborhood um and outliving them because they got into whatever whatever situation they got into and you said uh that you at one point asked why why did god forget me
1: Yeah, because I didn't know what direction I was going to go. And I worked on construction. Most of the guys that worked on construction, they did time. They were were in jail. And that's the only kind of jobs they can get. Here I am pushing a wheelbarrow. I got dirt under my nails, dust in my eyebrows. I'm coughing all day. Come on, filthy. And I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. I had no idea what I wanted to do. And I thought I was a loser. Mm. And then I realized uh, I always could sing. And we used to sing on the corner, doo I had like a little doo group. And it was nothing, you know. And uh, there was a, a, a guy who had a, a record company. And uh, his dad had the record company. And he said, uh, hey, Anthony, you know, you guys sing pretty good. Why don't you sing for my dad? And we did. And he recorded us. And the record started getting on the radio and all that. But we never made any money because... You know, my father, I'm not embarrassed to say it, my father was away. He was in jail, and I had a kid brother who I had to feed. I used to steal milk off the of Stoops in those days. Remember when they put the milk in the little Milk bottles, yeah. So... I got lucky, and uh, I'll never forget it, and I thank God, and it's something maybe a lot of people don't know about that, but I go to church every day for like five minutes, and I pray to St. Anthony because he saved my life, and I believe that.
2: Well, it takes luck, but it also takes some perseverance on your part because you have to actually want to get up and rise above that stuff, right?
1: Well, you know you know what you want to do in life, but you don't know if you can do it. You don't know if you're going to get the breaks. Now, a lot of people don't get the breaks. Uh, there was a couple of chances where I could have been a big, big star, and it never happened because the road went the other way, and it wasn't my fault, you know. But uh, I'm very lucky. Like, uh, you know, I got my residual checks. I have a wonderful wife, and I, get, I have my son who's going to be a lawyer. And I thank God for every day. You know, I I appreciate what I have. And and I think if I wasn't brought up in the streets, I wouldn't appreciate it as much. Oh yeah,
2: absolutely, absolutely. Uh, but even still, uh, you are part of some classic classic films that will be recognized as classics way down the line. You know, so uh, you can't you can't uh, shake your head at that at all.
1: No, in fact, the the the, the line with the. Uh, well, Paulie, when I'm sitting at the table and I go, I hate the, the word, but you have to say, because it's in the film, he's treating me like I'm a half a fag. You know, I wrote that whole scene. Oh, wow. Uh, what do you want me to wind up a Lannister? You know, and I'm like, hey, what do you want me to do, kill this guy? Well, that wouldn't be a bad idea. I wrote that whole scene. Marty called me into his trailer and he said, you grew up in that neighborhood and you knew the real guys. And I did. I knew uh, Paulie and I knew Jimmy Burke very well. And I knew Tommy Simone. You know, who played who Joe Pesci played him. And I knew all those guys. And uh, it's something that is inside of you, which you have to get out. And I knew that right away I could never be like that. So I'm very happy that I was brought up that way. And also, a lot of people can't take rejection. I could take rejection because I was rejected all my life until I started getting lucky with the movies and with nightclubs.
2: Sure, sure. So what about uh, the nowadays? Are you still singing? You still uh, keep up with that?
1: Yeah, yeah. I uh, I vocalize every day. Why you want me? You want me to sing a song? <laughs> Absolutely. I, I gotta I gotta put the tape on. But I could if I if you, honey. Can we find a a track for me? I'll sing them a Absolutely, song. Absolutely, that'd be great. But nice, uh, nice and easy is good. Get that. But, uh, so Frank Sinatra was a friend of mine. Frank Sinatra came to see me perform at the Rainbow Room. And uh, at that time, uh, I was headlining at the Rainbow Room in Manhattan uh, on top of the RCA building. And that was uh, only for names. But I had a big following, and I had a dynamite, dynamite nightclub act. And he came to see me. A friend of mine brought him in. And I, at that time, I was singing, don't deny me, satisfy me, one more time. That was one of the songs. And then, let me try it and let me try it. I did that. And then I closed my way. Of course. And he's sitting in the audience. <laughs> and I had to do those songs. And I want to tell you, scared, you have no idea how frightened I sure. was. <laughs> by- <laughs> because I was working every night, I was able to do it because... Uh, My, my, my throat was oiled. Let's say I I was in good shape, you know?
2: Yeah. That's amazing. Uh, and, uh, again, um, you absolutely have a a set of brass ones to, to be able to do some of the things that you
1: did. (laughs) I give you credit. Well, that's from the streets. That's from being brought up in a tough neighborhood. You know, I grew up in the neighborhood where John Gotti came from and a lot of those guys. So, uh, it's nothing. I wasn't a tough guy, but I could handle myself and uh, I wasn't a mob guy, but I knew a lot of them and I, I respected them because they did what they did and I did what I did, you know. So
2: what about uh, in, in terms of uh, other acting things going on? What do you have uh, in the works? Uh, you've you've written bits and pieces for anything like that for uh, for other films. Do you have any
1: aspirations to maybe write a film yourself? Yeah, we're talking about that. Mark and I are talking about that now, about doing two things, which I can't talk about because we don't even have titles or anything, but uh, I'm I'm uh, interested in doing something like that and maybe directing someday. My cousin, Paul Borghese, who's a great director, mm-hmm. he's directed like 15 films or so, and him and I are working on a script too, so... Uh, there's a lot of things in the works. And then as soon as the nightclubs open up again, I'm going to be at the uh, Mount Airy Casino. Oh, cool. I'm going to be at a place called Mosaico in Springfield, New Jersey. Uh, actually, it's Mountainside, New Jersey. That's right by my house. So, yeah, I'll let you know when I'm there. That'd be fantastic. But you're going to pay. I'll make you pay. You know, Oh, sure, of course. There's,
2: <laughs> there's no comps, you know. I wouldn't expect any any less. No, no I'll comp you. All right. <laughs> thank you no it would be it would be great to see you um your voice is fantastic um i had never heard you sing so i'll admit that right, here, you want to you
1: want to hear a song you got a minute absolutely it? please do all right we'll we'll sing this for you is it loud enough honey? this is my sound effects woman you know. <laughs> well, does everything for me you can get it pl- to play all right yes. well, well, well when you get it let me know and then back it up okay. but anyway uh Let's see. What would you like to talk about? uh, Let me, again, because it was such a different world then, what's one of the craziest
2: stories from your uh, nightclub days that you can recall and and, uh, share with us safely?
1: (laughs) Well, one day I I go, I'm working this place. uh, Have you ever heard of the guy, uh, Jack Carter? He's a funny comedian. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, well I, I, I was working a major hotel in, in uh, the Catskill Mountains called the Concord Hotel, and my second show was a bungalow colony. A bungalow colony is a little village of cabins, and they have a big cabin in the middle, and they have a, a soda fountain, and they have a stage, and only on Saturday nights could they afford to do a show. So, you would work an early show, and then you, sometimes I would do three shows a night in three different places. You'd have to jump in your car and your tuxedo. That's a training ground. And then ride right to the next place in the rain sometimes, open up an umbrella, soaking wet, right. tell, I'm here. <laughs> when you'd yell, I'm here, the comedian would get off, and then you'd come on. And I'll never forget, I knocked on the door one day, it said office. And I said, uh, she, The lady comes out, she says, What do you want? <laughs> I said, I'm the singer for tonight's show. She says, what's your name? I said, Tony Darrow. She looks me up and down. She says, you're not Jewish? <laughs> so I said, no, but I do. Have an nagila sholam alech. your mom, I do all the this. Don't worry about it. You'll be very happy. So she says, what else do you do? Now I get a little twisted because I'm a clown. And I go, I got a dog in the car. The dog does tricks. Said, I'm kidding her. She goes, all right, get the dog. Right? She really thought I had a fucking dog. And she called up my agent and told my agent, how come Laurels? I was—I mean, Concord can get a dog and I can't get a dog just because it's a big hotel. Where's the dog? I told everybody there wasn't. She really thought I had a dog. And I did that on The Tonight Show. I told that story.
2: Oh, by the way, what was Johnny Carson like? I mean, so uh, for, for the younger folks in the audience, Johnny Carson was the king of late night before
1: all the king of late nights. Well, it was Johnny Carson. It was Merv Griffin, uh, Mike, Mike Douglas. Mike Douglas. Douglas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I did all the shows. But uh, uh, how I got on the Carson show was Joey Bishop brought me Oh, wow. Because I, I work with Joey Bishop too. Wow. <laughs> I, yeah, I had a, a hell of a career. And uh, it was, uh, I had all the arrangements for violins and everything. I had music for 36-piece orchestra. So, thank God I had all of that. And I still sing. I open up my comedy show with two or three songs every night. And then I go into the comedy. And it works great, you How know? How many
2: shows are you doing a week now?
1: Well, I'm doing nothing now. Yeah, well, yeah right, <laughs> right. There's nothing. Right. <laughs> I got to work. I gotta, if I want to work, I got to work in a tent. <laughs> you know, there's no, no nightclubs. There's no, you know, there's no, uh, a teepee I got to work in. No, there's, there's nothing around anymore until this COVID thing goes away. You're you sing know? in the car. Yeah. I sing in the car. I sing in the shower to my wife. You, you need to set up one of these
2: Zooms and just invite people in, you know, and charge them, of course, but then just <laughs> do a, a show from your, that's gonna Yeah.
1: Happen. Well, uh, my agent was thinking of doing something yeah. like that. So cool. we'll see. Very cool. You know, uh, what's this track that you're going to sing? Oh right, it's called Nice and Easy. Nice and Easy. Play it so they can hear the, the tape. Yes. Can you hear that? Let's take it nice and easy. It's going to be so easy. You can hear it? For us to fall in love. Hey, baby, what's your hurry? Relax and don't you worry. We're going to fall in love. We're on that road to romance, and that's safe to say. But let's make all of the stops along the way. The problem now, of course, is to simply hold your horses to rush would be such a crime. Cause nice and easy does it every time. That's enough. We don't have to know more that is magnificent <laughs> guys that was
2: a treat so for everybody in the audience you just heard tony darrow do frank sinatra's nice and easy and that was amazing thank you thank you for that <laughs> um was frank sinatra's uh, music uh uh one of your favorite uh stables for your your actor
1: yeah i was a cross between a sinatra and a bobby darren but i did a lot of shtick you know i'd be singing and a guy wouldn't be looking at me and i said you'll come here <laughs> for revenge you know uh are you tired? Do you want a blanket and a pillow? You know, I do lines all the time. That's what I did. Yeah. Is this your wife's or a business trip? You know, I had all the lines, so it always worked. Yeah. And I learned that from the Catskill Mountains. At your Proving Grounds. Yep.
2: <laughs> all right. Then, um, so once COVID is, is all done and you can get back out there, what's the first thing you're going to do?
1: I'm going to go to Disney. No, <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> first thing I'm going to do is take my wife and my son to a real good restaurant and sit inside and eat like I used to do. There's one of my favorite places in New York. is a private club called the Columbus Club. It's on 69th Street and 5th Avenue. And uh, they run the Columbus Day Parade. And uh, it's a wonderful private club. And that's one of my favorite places in the whole world. And my wife, too. Just want to go there. And then I got this place, like I told you, Mosaico, which I'm going to be working. Oh, and I must mention, Mob Movie Con. We're going to be doing that in April at uh, Harris. It's like Soprano Con like we did in September. Nice. Only this is called Mob Movie Con. And it's going to be like, where well, we all get together, sign autographs to pictures, and I'm going to do my nightclub back at Harris, and it'll be a big night for us. And I think it's two days. So uh, I'm excited about that, too.
2: Awesome. Awesome. So, uh, I'll get those links from you and I'll put those in the show notes, uh, and, uh, uh, link to your site as well. I'll make sure that's out there. And for anybody that has not seen made in Chinatown yet, go to the urban action showcase site. Oh, and please, can, uh, yeah. You can uh, get it from there. It's a great film. The guys do such a wonderful job.
1: I'm not an egomaniac, but we're really good. And if any and I together, it's like a, like, uh, dean martin and jerry lewis he's jerry lewis that fatso but <laughs> <laughs> no no actually uh yeah, we're good together we work with each other really well so i'm very proud and the kid that plays the lead that plays vincent the chinese kid he's wonderful most of the guys in the in the film are great you know so you're gonna enjoy it i promise you and uh like
2: he was saying it is a family film so you don't have to worry about uh having the kids watch it with you, it's great.
1: No cursing, no ki- no cursing, and no killing. A lot of martial arts, these guys are great. My oh, God, fantastic. could they do it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know. It,
2: absolutely, yeah, no, and it's great. Uh, uh, the director, Bobby Samuels, has, uh, uh, has a Hong Kong background, so he and uh, James Liu, the, uh, the yeah. action They did director, a great so. job,
1: too. Everybody did. My cousin Paul played my underboss. He was great.
2: Frankie Browse, right? Is that was the name?
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Frankie Browse I think, his that was it? Yeah. You know how he got that name because in high school he does have big brows, and I gave him the name. We used to call him Browsy in high school, so so I gave him the name Browsy. That's fantastic.
2: Yeah. All right, then. Uh, once this is all done, uh, I hope you get out there and and do more stuff. Um, I'm looking forward to uh, to maybe catching you at Mosaico. Uh, well, stay
1: in, stay in touch, and and uh, we'll do this again when it comes out. Absolutely absolutely
2: and best of luck with everything that you have going on um sir you are a, a fun dude you are a fun dude <laughs> i have to thank you so much for uh, taking some time out to talk i had a great time and a wonderful voice thank you so much for for sharing that song with us
1: well just remember this too whatever you wish for in life you should have and whatever you wish for in life i should have <laughs> because in case well, in case you yep. wish for something I never had, why the hell should I be left out? Absolutely.
2: <laughs> the wisdom of Tony Darrow. Tony Darrow, thank you so much again for for taking some time out. I wish you the very best of luck, and uh, I hope to see you again very soon.
1: All right, and stay healthy, and let's beat this COVID. And again, God bless the people that, that died on 9 11, and God bless our first responders. Good night, and God bless you all. Let's hope we beat this. <laughs>
2: Many thanks to the amazing Tony Darrow for hanging out, talking, and for gracing us with a few tunes. Check him out as Al Capella and the Kung Fu Mobster Comedy Made in Chinatown, now available at the Urban Action Showcase Cinema Channel on Binge Networks. That link will be in the show notes, so cue it up for a funny and fun take on all those genres. Otherwise, go to TonyDarrow.com for more info on upcoming roles and events. He mentioned that he would be performing in February at Mosaico in Springfield, New Jersey, So if you're in the area you can find out more info on mosaico's facebook page best of luck and continued success to tony on all his future endeavors go visit him on all his socials and let him know you heard him right here on the kung fu driving podcast until next time poison clan peace poison clan rocks the world
0: Welcome to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, and get getting drunk and then we're fighting ha. This time is war, we smash the place up with a dragon claws. We're walking to the tea
1: house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, and get getting drunk and then we're fighting ha. This
0: time it's war. We we'll smash the place up with a dragon claws. I see the iron fist bunker from the daily Press. Shouting monks on the hands, running down the thousand stairs. The fate of Lee now's in King hands With the fearless the roaming over the land. Yeah, the little big soldier is older than wiser. He wants a world of peace because he doesn't want to fight. Got the Venom mob laying down the law. Bruce Lee delivered kicks, guaranteed to great jars. Fight for the cars and pause. here the blast On the end, back kicks will defeat the outlaws. Very good, but more. Don't hit back Yeah the death jewel's here Derrick D is coming back The Tai Chi master Jelly's even faster The channel a little trick Because he is the drunken master Once upon a time shine China Rosamund Kwan is real fine But see Maggie on his spine oh, Golden Swallow has arrived Chan chi movies Will the hero will survive? We've got the Brave Archer Make his way to the top Of the mountain gonna fight May as well pick the spot Yeah the sky goes black Cut the vampire's back we got Lam Ching-Ying To kill them all so stand back He plays the black magic On the soul of the sword this time it's war We smash the place up With a dragon claw See it's a game of death Yo You're facing the big boss It's once upon a time in China, the a assassin, slash, And Jane to count On the tick tock The showgun assassin Slashing blood Just just drop The head kick Neck drop Balance the bone not stop Wanna kill Bill Better get the assassins He's got Emma just in yellow But she is in the dragon But in the tea rooms That's where it'll happen She got the parties On the floor when the blood It'll splatter against the wall Don't fear at all to kill them all There's always blood spill When you head into a war Fearless Unwashed Unleashed. The fist of legend Let the car jet lead. I'm Bolo Young Yo will always be a beast you rumble in the Bronx Yo I'm rumbling the streets And it's simple See the facts are these There's only ever gonna be One Bruce Lee Welcome to the tea house Ready for some action Drink a little wine we getting drunk And then we're fighting Ha This time it's one We smash the place So with a driving dragon claws We're walking to the tea house Ready for some action Drink a little